Hi everyone, it's Roger and James here from the What's on Disney Plus podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about all of this week's Disney Plus um, originals. We're going to be talking about Cruella, Bad Batch, Bad, uh, Big Shot, Launchpad. Um, we're also going to be doing a little bit of a dive into what's currently going on with the streaming uh, kind of wars with Discovery, AGM, uh, um, and all the bits and pieces of what's going on, AGM, M- MGM. And a few other little bits and pieces as well. But before we get into any of that, quick bit of housekeeping. If you haven't already done so, make sure you are subscribed on the YouTube channel. And also you can subscribe on the audio platforms. Just a quick note as well. If you are an audio listener, be sure to go look for um, the What's on Disney Plus uh, club review um, feed as well, which is where I've moved all of the retro reviews, kind of split them off into two separate podcasts um this week's episode will be um four and then yeah we've got a few four ones coming up and then we've got some monsters inc ahead of the new show so that's going to be kind of the lineup for the next few weeks um so definitely go check that one out on its new audio feed um also a big thank you to our supporters on patreon and youtube channel members so big thank you to Charlie and Sarah for being at the uh, Platinum Range. Thank you very much for all of your support. It does make a big difference. Also big shout out to Andrew, Jacob, Caleb, Red Marsman, Andrew, Cody, Darren, The Juice, Lauren, and James. And while over on YouTube channel members, big hello and thank you to Bad Dog Gaming, Amit, Ray, my VCR still works, Bina, Joshua, Adam, Dawn, Martin, Jeremy, and Sarah. Again, a huge thank you for all of your support. You become a member from as little as $2 a month month you get early access to our retro reviews you also get to take part in our weekly q a so this week there isn't one because we, me and my wife are going out for a meal and i'm having a week it's my birthday so i'm having a day so there we go and and so with that as well you also help support the channel helping towards paying for all the fees all the hosting fees and bits and pieces but yeah let's jump into right okay so let's do a quick bit of news because there's a few little things i just want to slightly bring up that um, have come up this week. So first off, we now know that Moon Knight is going to be played by Oscar Isaac. The worst kept secret in Marvel was officially confirmed on social media. Not really much more to say. It's just official now. We know if it's finally been done. I, I wouldn't say it was the worst kept secret, but it's definitely on the list. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we, we've known about this one for a while. Yes. So that one, so that one was there. We've also had, um, this past week, it was revealed that... Um, um, we're going to be getting a new Black Panther spin-off series. So this one um, is going to be a star, and this yeah, we, it's going to be um, starring Ayote. Oh, yeah, uh, I think yeah, yeah. Like the one, the one from Falcon and Winter Soldier. No, that is Io. This is the, ah, this, there we go. This is the other one. This is um, she was in obviously all the uh, Black Panther movies. So it's going to be like an origin spin-off. Now I don't know if this is going to be part of Kingdom of Wakanda, which. They're saying it could be separate. It could be a couple of different series going on. Um, but I would very much at the minute are kind of thinking it could easily be that series as well. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's another potential Black Panther spinoff. Um, that's going to be pretty cool. And, and another little bit of news. Also, uh, Bob Chapek held a special um, Q&A session this week um, with um, JP Morgan. And a lot of the stuff he was repeating was the same as what we've heard at the previous event. But one thing he did let out was that in 2021, they're planning on closing 100 television channels around the world. Um, didn't say where, just said they're closing 100 channels. They've already closed 30. Um, for example, like here in the UK, we've already lost Disney Channel, Disney Junior, Disney XD. And we've also, this next month, we're losing the Fox Channel, so that we're getting a lot more content dropping on the Disney Plus. 
Um, there's going to be like 18 channels closing in Southeast Asia later this year, that are Disney and Fox. But 100 more channels, um, yeah, they are really going. Internationally, they seem to have made their mind up on what they're doing. It's just the US that they kind of go, no, we're going to keep you. But the rest of the world, we're all going all in on Disney+. Plus. And I'd have to assume that this is backed by numbers. They, they wouldn't be keeping the number of channels alive on the US market if there wasn't an audience for it. So for whatever reason, people are still watching the various Disney and Fox channels in America, and they're not everywhere else. Yeah, and I think a lot of the channels that are closing, they're going to be ones in countries that Disney Plus probably hasn't launched in yet. Because um, there's a big, there's still a load of countries they've not launched in. They're going all in on. They know where it's going. They can see where it's happening. The US, they still seem to be much slower. But um, yeah, they're still making money from it. That's different. But I suppose internationally, it makes sense just to go all in. Um, it's where they can really make a massive dent in terms of those streaming numbers of how much many more subscribers they can get. Um, I mean, it's kind of in some way. I mean, I just wish that they could sort if. If they're going to keep closing down more of the cha- uh, channels, they need to come up with a better strategy for releasing content than they have been. Because at the minute, it's so haphazard with how we're getting content. You know, it's like Disney Channel stuff, um, Fox chat shows, all these kind of things. You know, I would try and get them on. You know, if they can do a simultaneous release for Disney Plus Originals, they can't turn around and say, well, we can't do it for the other channels. Well, you can do. You're choosing not to. I mean... No, we don't have those channels. We've got no other way of watching it. So when they turn around, you know, a new show starts in, you know, on Disney Channel, why is the rest of the world not getting it on Disney Plus at the same time or Big Sky or any of the other shows that are launching? You know, as more channels close down, hopefully they start working out a much more better way of releasing all of this content um, more simultaneously. And also there's just the same in every country. I mean, it's like, makes no sense why Australia has been getting Arifa in May, but the UK is getting it in June. You know, it's it, little things like this and like Gronish. Gronish is like eight, nine weeks ahead in Australia than it is in the UK on Disney+. Plus. Every week we're getting new episodes, but we're like two months behind. It's just little things like that, which are like, you know, very, very strange considering, you know, the Disney Plus originals, we get the same episode everywhere. Yeah, I'm hoping that once they catch up on all these shows that they're kind of uh, they're kind of backdooring into uh, Star and in, in the various countries. I hope once they all get caught up, uh, that they'll just become simultaneous. And also, as, as we have asked for repeatedly, uh, once it airs on television, put it on Disney Plus. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. Wait till Friday, even if it's a, like a Monday airing show, but get it on there quickly especially yeah. for countries that no longer have a disney channel yeah i mean it's like you know like so, so sydney to the max again all eight episodes the first eight episodes well why not release them weekly and then also it doesn't it feels like they're missing out on the opportunity to boost up the disney plus um lineup every month every every week you know if you like oh there's new episodes of you know amphibia and you know muppet babies and you know there could be six or eight like Disney Channel shows dropping in there weekly. I mean, it just it just feels like a lost opportunity. But hopefully they get it. But as more channels close, I'm hoping we find out more about all of this as we move on. Um, so that was kind of, there was a, a thing kind of like Premier Access is kind of something that they're still going to be playing around with for a while. They did actually release a video this week explaining how it worked, which I always thought was that you have to release a video telling us how it worked. But then, you know, there are some people that still can't quite grasp that it's what it is. You know, people go, was oh, it a subscription? If I pay, do I get everything on premium access? No, it's not. It's not a, yeah. <laughs> it's not a subscription, not a subscription add-on. But 
you know, ultimately it's going to depend on the numbers. I mean, it looks like Cruella on the Thursday night opening took 1.5 million predicted, or and then like the the, the quiet place at like 4 million, so completely destroyed it out of the water. But then there's a lot of how many people watched it at home, and we're not going to find out those numbers. I don't think until Disney decides that it's doing well enough to tell everybody, that's when we'll find out the numbers. But um, we've still got. Well, we got Cruella, and then we're going to have Black Widow, and then we're going to have Jungle Cruise all on Premier Access this summer. I, I personally, I could, I could see Premier Access sticking around. Um, I know they've changed it for Shang Chi, but if the numbers are good enough, they will carry on doing it. I think that's the key thing. I suspect that Jungle Cruise, being the the last one on the list that we know about at this point, will be the the deciding factor. How do the numbers on Premier Access compare to the numbers in the theater, especially since around the time it comes out theaters should maybe be back to some semblance well, of normalcy but i know they i know in the cinemas they have removed in some of them in the us they've been they are announced yesterday they're removing the mask mandate in a number of areas um which obviously a big big part of going to the cinema is you know not having a mask on for it here in the uk that's still happening we're supposed to be unlocking in a few weeks time but the, we've got a variant that's like raging at the minute um, so it's looking a bit doubtful. I know um, countries are going back into lockdown because numbers are um, flying back up. I know Melbourne's gone back into lockdown. I think uh, Malaysia's gone back down into lockdown. You know, there's stuff going on and this this problem isn't gone away. You know, as I know, uh, like everyone's racing forward, but, you know, things are, things are still happening globally that, you know, while at the minute everything's going great with the vaccine programme, you know, we both sit here, both double vaccinated. You know, we're we're good to go. There is still going to be there is still going to be some bumps in the road, and I think you know Disney are kind of planning for that. I think in some way, whereas HBO Max made that big thing where everything's going day and day, and everyone keeps pointing to that every time Disney does Premier Access. In some ways, Disney's been a little bit more cautious with keeping its options open for everything. And it's it's hard to compare them. Because the companies are in different situations, and <laughs> yes. uh, and the 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 movies that they're putting on there are at different levels yeah. too. So it, it's hard to compare. Like I wouldn't have put Cruella. I, I didn't expect Cruella to be a pre, uh, premier access, but like it, before that, you know, they were the the top tier movies. They were the ones that Disney had to make money on. Whereas in, in a lot of cases, the HBO Max ones are like. Well, we re-released the the Justice League Snyder Cut. We yeah. we hit some other movies that, yeah, we would have made some money at the theater, but um, not yeah. not quite at the same level that Disney was expecting. Still, uh, I would have liked to have seen Godzilla versus King Kong in theaters. Honestly, that seems like one of the ones that really would benefit from the the huge yeah. screen. I think we're going to see. The, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the numbers work out because obviously. You know, children aren't vaccinated yet, and there's that whole issue of like, is that the main reason? Like, Disney's movies are primarily family based, so families are going to be more likely to stay away because ultimately, you know, that's that, that could be an issue. Um, it's, it's going to be very tricky. It's a very, I mean, it's also going to be interesting to watch. I mean, we know with Disney Plus Premier Access that movies arrive on Disney Plus about 90 days or so, three months after they've been released. How's it going to work with you know Cheng Shi with this forty-five day window? Are we going to be getting it at forty-five days? Are we still going to be getting it ninety days afterwards? Because that that to me would make more sense. You know, maybe they're going to maybe it goes to Premier Access after the forty-five days about a cheaper price. 
you know, that could be a way they do it. You know, maybe fifteen ninety nine or something like that for Chang Chi forty five days after it's been released. You know, maybe that's an alternative. You know, I, I'm I'm not expecting Chang Chi on Disney Plus forty five days after it's been released. Uh, not without an additional cost, anyway. Um, yeah. That would be a very fast window for what will be probably a pretty major movie. Uh, at the end of this year yeah but we've been because, wrong before <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's all changing um it's all changing so speaking of changes um big changes within the whole like movie world and this past week it was announced that amazon has purchased mgm now that is i mean they paid like eight point something billion dollars for it um obviously has to go through legal things i can't see why that isn't going to work because Essentially, there is competition. So it's not like they're the only ones in town. Um, so they get access to a lot of different franchises. Bond, the Pink, Pink Panther, Rocky, Creed, co host of different things. The interesting thing, you know, everyone keeps touting this 4,000 movies that they get access to. We want to have access to the ones, I think, like pre-1989 or something. There's, um, though Sony, oh, sorry, MGM still owns the, I think, the, the contracts to actually who owns the actual characters. But other than that, um, yeah, this is a big move. It's going to continue to push uh, Amazon. I mean, it does have some other issues. You know, will they end up closing down Epics, which is MGM's streaming service, which um, I think like 20th Century Studios make a couple of TV shows for them. Um, we know, will that close down? Also, things like Handmaid's Tale was made by MGM um, for Hulu. That's why we don't see it internationally. So um, things like that could end up becoming essentially Amazon exclusives. Um but yeah, it's just another big, another big twist and just keeps pushing the idea of the big boys are just going to keep having to get bigger. Yeah, it's, it's not exactly a great scenario. And I say that recognizing that Disney is one of the biggest boys yeah. and they, they continue to grow. Uh, it does kind of create like a lack of vision, lack of competition within the market, but we'll see what happens. Well, um, See, I, I don't. I disagree with the fact of it being competition because now you've got you're going to have competition between, you know, Disney, Comcast, Warner, MGM, Sony, or not Sony, um, but uh, Apple. So you're going to have competition. It's just now that the names that are doing the competition are shifting. You know, where the the movies, the franchises we all knew before are all just merging together and becoming bigger. Ultimately, there's they're never going to be able to fully merge. There's going to be you know, we always had like five or six studios. There will be that. It's just instead of what we assume they used to be, now it's going to be basically Apple, Disney, <laughs> Netflix. Yeah. Um, you know, basically the tech giants are kind of taking over as being the new studios. Yeah, I wouldn't say much shifting so much as consolidating as yeah. well. Yeah, it's true that, you know, they've always been like the top three, the top five big studios. And then they have little studios like Touchstone and, and mm. so forth beneath them. But it does feel like there's, there's less now. Uh, yeah, but we'll, um, we'll see how this goes. Will MGM cease to exist as its own brand or, or will it be folded in? I know what the initial yeah. setup will be. The initial setup's not the question. No, no. It's, I, I think as well as I can't help but feel like, you know, the idea of putting... Amazon Studios. I mean, they'll just probably just put their names into it. But also, last week it was revealed that uh, Time Warner has, well, basically, AMT and T have sold uh, Warner Media into to Discovery. So it's kind of going to be this like weird thing now. Uh, essentially, HBO Max and Discovery Plus now are going to have the option to essentially become one big company. You know, they're all going to be running separately from AT and T. 
And yeah, they basically brought it a couple of years ago from Time Warner and they've really struggled to kind of, they just they just don't know what they're doing because they're they're a communications company and they don't seem to grasp how to run. I mean, they completely just run the movie, their whole movie department into the ground. Um, DC's been struggling. So they're all going to be merging into a new company. Um, there's also, I mean, the amount of companies and stuff that are involved in this. I mean, some of the brands that are going to be involved with this new Warner Media Discovery, we've got the Food Network, HGD, uh, Warner Brothers, HBO, CNN, Cinemax, DC, TNT, TBS, Eurosport, TLC, Animal Planet, Cartoon Network. They're really kind of bringing in, I think that adding in Discovery content into HBO Max is going to be a massive boost for them. Um, so that's going to be a, more competition, more content. I mean, I think their branding is a lot less clear as it is with Disney. I think it's, a, you know, I mean, like TBS and TNT. I mean, is that really a brand? It's just a TV channel. It, it, they don't, you know, to me, I think of TNT as just classic movies. So that, is that really a brand? I don't know. I, um, I mean, it used to be. There used yeah. to be a lot of original content on TNT. Admittedly, I haven't watched live TV in quite some time, so I don't know what their current roster looks like. But I, I remember watching them for, for new programming back in yeah. the day. Not that long ago, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm a bit like that. We used to have TNT over here in the UK. Like, the only reason I used to watch it was for WCW. I mean, they've been out of business mm-hmm. for 20 years. Um, so that's just how long that's I mean, been. Yeah. to be fair, the last time I watched TNT content was probably about 20 years ago so yeah yeah, yeah. so that so that's all happening so there's gonna be a lot more shifting um there's also a lot of you know discussion of you know uh, is comcast gonna buy out and buy it because essentially it's 70 odd percent um of the shareholders are separate to at&t they don't have there's no merger with at&t because they've already split split out so there's a lot of talk of whether or not um nbc and uh warner media will then merge or even viacom then as they're expecting some more shifting. Lionsgate right now is um, look, being looked like a prime example of another company that's going to get soaked up by either Amazon or somebody's going to snap them up because, I mean, they've got stars. I mean, we've been saying this for a while. There's too many streaming services. And all these little, small little streaming services are going to struggle in this big world of where they're going to, they're not going to be able to buy movies. They're not going to be able to buy movies. They're not going to be able to, they aren't going to be able to compete on the same level and this content's going to dry up. So all these little things like stars plays and um, epics and all those kind of little ones, they're all going to start getting sucked up. And I don't think that's a bad thing because I do feel there's too many. I mean, when you look on Amazon right now and you see all these different subscription options within Amazon, it's like, who, why are you paying five quid for this? You know, you get lots, it's literally a whole streaming series based on one TV series. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Star Trek. What? I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. Um, well, Paramount, yeah. well, Paramount Plus is it's still at least like, you know, they are expanding a lot. They are, you know, they're doing something a little bit more. Paramount Plus, from what I've seen so far, is a much better deal than CBS All Access was. But um, having said that, uh, you know, I was just expressing concern at all the, the big companies yeah. merging together. I will say that merging all the streaming into just a few choices is good it's really annoying to have to go to something like justwatch.com or something to to be like all right do i have access to this where is it how do i find it oh it's on it's on this obscure service so it's like on crackle or something and like i tell you be honest it's extremely useful for me because i was just constantly just trying to find out where everything is in every country because it's so complicated um but i do think we're going to see some 
And to me, all this does is it just keeps saying to me, what Disney have done with Star is right. And then I'm looking at what they're doing with Star Plus in Latin America and what they're trying to do with Hulu. It's just like, this, is a, this isn't going to work. It's just making, it making Hulu and Disney Plus even more likely to merge at some point. Because as far as I'm concerned, you, Disney are going this streaming button. It's like it's not going to work when all your competition are all going in on more content. I think we, I still think in two years time, until Comcast has brought out their share by Disney, we're going to end up seeing a Disney Plus with an ad and an ad-free version with all the, you know, we're going to see what they're basically doing with HBO Max and uh, Peacock and Paramount Plus because they're all doing that. Um, I just feel like these big moves are just going to have to, are going to force Disney to have to make a change to Hulu. They, they have to eventually, I, I think it's more an issue of them being able to make the change at the moment. Uh, yeah. As you mentioned, Comcast has a stake in it still. Uh, but the, yeah, the market is fragmented enough. They don't need to fragment uh, themselves even further with Hulu and ESPN and and Disney Plus get it all under one. Well, it's not only that, but if you actually look at, um, for example, Hulu's networks, because if you look at, look at what they've got on their service, they've got a lot, a lot of, of content from other, uh, these other networks, and that's all going to dry up. I mean, we know that um, NBC's content is going to be leaving uh, Hulu at some point, but I mean, you look here at the networks that they're on, the A&E, well, that's kind of been linked in. I mean, Disney own a bit of it. Adult Swim, HBO. You know, BBC, we've got BritBox. Um, CBS, well, that's going to be on Paramount. We've got Cinemax, well, that's on, you know, Warner. We've got Comedy Central, which is Viacom. Discovery, Epics, Food Network, Fox, Fuse. And then you've got FX and, you know, then you've got History Channel and HG. You know, these sh- channels are going to disappear this content is all going to start disappearing from Hulu. And I just do not feel in my heart that ABC FX and Freeform and 20th century is strong enough to support Hulu. I know they're revving up production, but I just do not see how they're going to be able to continue that. At the minute they're fine because they've got all this extra content sort of spreading out, but they're going to be losing this stuff one by one as, you know, discovery isn't going to want their stuff on, on there. And, you know, it's all moving. There is some legacy content on there that is pretty strong. Uh, things like Family Guy, Futurama, which would make more sense over on Disney Plus in the first yeah. place. But there are massive uh, hits on over here on Disney Plus. Oh yeah, yeah, they're in the the in the uh, most watched. Yeah, the trending bar. That's what I was looking for. Um, and they're still very popular over here. There's another number of other shows that are are very popular. But yeah, y- you do still need the new content coming in. And that will start to trickle off, uh, especially I think they're going to lose uh, Handmaid's Tale at some point. And uh, that's, as far as I know, that's one of the biggest ones they have going for them right now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, I think you're going to see some consolidation. And the trouble is with Hulu is it is making money with the advertising and they, are, and they keep sort of going on about the advertising of how well it's doing, because obviously they're trying to boost it up. But, I can't help but feel like when I heard, when I saw like Time Warner merging with Discovery, and then now we're seeing Amazon is like going, and then we've seen what's happening with Peacock, and then we're seeing what's happening with Paramount Plus. And they go, Disney's dream streaming service is completely 
out of whack this whole streaming bundle but again they can't do anything until they buy out comcast's share and they because it's just even just like what they're announcing for hulu it's just a load of third-party content they're buying in there's nothing really much coming in i mean yeah we've got like love victor and we've got like there's a few shows coming in but you can't help but feel like these are some of these are older projects that have that are coming in you know, like you know there's a lot of every time they announce a new movie i'm looking at it going well this isn't even a disney made it's, it's been brought in like why are they keep buying it's, it feels like they're just plugging the gap with licensed content because they actually don't want the 20th century stuff on there yet <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. It, it's it's not a mess per se but it's it's getting there and yeah. the if not for the Comcast part of things, we would definitely be hammering on them to get this fixed up, uh, get it all consolidated. And the thing is, as well, is it, I know it's like the whole thing. Oh, well, they won't. I I live in a country where they've already done it, so therefore it's it's a lot easier for me to sit there and go, well, you've already done it in like seventeen countries. So the idea of them like, oh, we can't put adult stuff on Disney Plus. Well, you have. <laughs> you've, you've ruined. That's already that's already gone now. So we. You know, we've, I think that whole thing of going like the pressure on there going, oh, they can't do it. It's like, well, they could do it. They've already proven that they can do it. Well, and it's not even just internationally. Sure, we don't have, um, you know, things like uh, Solar Opposites or whatever, but we do have content that you would consider adult in nature. The Right Stuff was a pretty good example of that. Hamilton's another one. There's a lot of documentaries over on the National Geographic side. And even with the regular content that's creeping up there, uh, like the Marvel content is pushing what I would consider uh, some of those boundaries too. Now, obviously they're not jumping over the line. They're not going to be dropping like Deadpool kind of stuff in there. We're not, MODOK obviously went over to Hulu rather than to Disney plus, but you know, Captain, uh, sorry, Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, even looking Loki a little bit, they're, they're not exactly going, Oh, these are kid shows. No, they're they're teenager shows uh, on up towards adults. But no, it's it's a very strange thing, and I think we're going to see much more of this going forward, and with how they organise all of these things. But yeah, so that's all the future. Let's talk now about some of this week's Disney Plus originals. There's a lot of them again, so I'm going to start off first off with Corella being the big one. Um, I did post my review earlier this week. It's available now on Disney Plus Premier Access. Um, I know you ha- you haven't seen it. Um, no. I haven't seen it. I am considering seeing it um, at a matinee showing if I can you know, yeah. make sure that there aren't that many people. I will not be getting it on premiere. I don't think yeah. uh, it'll be worth the $30 for me to watch no. by myself. No, I think, that, I think this is a key thing. I really enjoyed the movie. It was a lot better than I was expecting. Um, I kind of got to the end and went, like, oh, that was, that was pretty good. I enjoyed that. My wife enjoyed it. And there's lots of kind of like a weird thing. They do kind of turn her in, you know, a sympathetic hero of what they do with it. I mean, I'm not going to go into any spoilers and stuff because there's a few in there. Um, definitely stay to the end because there's some cre- uh, end credits which could set up a potential sequel. Um, but generally as a whole, I really enjoyed it. That I like the, the look of Cruella, how she does it, the way she comes across. The sidekicks and everything as well like that, you know, that's all um, very interesting with how they did that. And just as a whole, just I just really thought it was a great little um, series, uh, sort of movie. Um, whether or not it's worth that, I think like if you're a couple and you're looking at and you want to stay safe or you just want to be more comfortable, I can see it. If you're on your own, it's just I don't think it's that kind of movie. Um, if you've got a family, I think you're going to watch it loads of times. I think it's definitely worth it. Um, 
I can't really say that. I mean, it's it was a lot better. It was just so much better than I was expecting. Because everyone was like, do we need a Cruella one? They did turn it around. There's a few... It's a little bit edgy. I mean, the whole way that she does her costumes and stuff, they're all very, very interesting how they do that. And just as a whole, it's just, I just thought it's just a really great little um, movie. And I can't really say that enough. But yeah, it's, 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 it's just... Yeah, it was almost that kind of weird thing. Like, a, you know, some of the the music in it was fantastic. Kind of reminded me a little bit of Guardians of the Galaxy because they're kind of using all the British sixties rock and roll <laughs> stuff. Um, just aesthetically, it just looked fantastic. The the cast and stuff are great, and it's just a really solid movie. Um, I enjoyed it much more than Maleficent. Um, and it's got the kind of weird thing. Like, I can't really say it's like also live action reboot or remake. It's like, well, no, because it it's not a remake. It is it is an original story. Um, but yeah, no, I did enjoy it. I guess the question I would have, like you mentioned Maleficent, uh, if you watch that movie, Maleficent, mm. um, I haven't seen the second one. It, it really does change the story uh, from the animated movie. Like, mm. like her motivations are very different. The How it plays out is very different. In this case, it, if you were to watch Cruella and then watch 101 Dalmatians, the original animated, it, are, is there a disconnect between that character th- and the villain? I think the trouble is if you get to the end of there, you kind of would maybe be looking at Cruella as a potential hero. Yeah, well, that's kind of what I was thinking. She's, she's actually nearly essentially becomes a Disney princess because she has, you know, and that's kind of, um, that's, yeah. yeah. That was something I was a bit concerned about from the trailers. It was like the kind of making very Harley Quinn-esque from the trailers. I don't know how yeah. that translates well, into the movie. I think the thing is, is, I think they played up on the fact on, in the trailers of her uh, her crazy antics but in actual fact it's like it didn't really feel like that when you're watching it you know she's doing it for a reason when she does that stuff to upstage the baroness and you know when she makes her appearances because it's all about grabbing the headlines and grabbing attention so she's you know every time you see her it is a big effect because she's trying to upstage her and trying to take away so there's a it, and yeah, there's a few times when she looks a bit crazy, and she's definitely crazy. But I, you know, there's but, no there's no little nods to the screen. There's no uh, little wink, wink, and you know, I'm playing. You know, like Harley Quinn kind of does that. Because um, I said it to my wife, and my, she, she was like, well, "What? What are you on about? Didn't even didn't even register um, what was what what that was about." <laughs> so yeah, that's um, fair. yeah. But you know, yeah. we'll see. I I am a little bit concerned about them turning Cruella into even partially heroic because yeah. out of all the Disney villains, I mean, she's, she's the worst. She's the one she's like, her motive is I want to kill puppies and make a coat out of them. There's no like moral gray area there. There's no, yeah. even scar in Lion King you kind of go, all right, he, he, he feels, you know, neglected as the younger brother. He, he feels like he should have had a birthright. I, I don't agree with him, but I can at least understand his point of view. Or even Gaston, who's one of the normal, like, yeah, and f- bad, you know, he's like and f- pure ego. And, f- yeah, and Thanos, you know, I mean, he's at least looking, you know, at, you know, just looking at human resources of just going, there's not enough um, food right. and water for everyone. And, and Palpatine, you know, he just wants just everyone to get along. You know? <laughs> I wouldn't, I don't think I'd bring Palpatine into this, especially in light of the sequels. Uh, having said that, uh, Cruella, though, you know, she is the unambiguously evil character. You know, she is the, uh, I want to kill dogs for no other reason than to make a coat. 
and it has to be real dogs I will not tolerate. And that and that's her motivation. So even making her slightly heroic, I'm kind of like, I'm not so big on that. Because no. if they do do a sequel, then they need to get us to the point where we go from slightly heroic to absolutely stark raving insane. Yeah, yeah. I, it's still a fun movie. I definitely, I I enjoyed it, um, but it was good. Um, also this week we had Launchpad. Six new shorts dropped onto Disney Plus. Very different. Uh, what did you think of them? So I only watched two because they were 20 minutes long each and I didn't really have time to check all of them out. Because uh, unlike some people, I don't have access to them early. So I had to, to fit them in <laughs> between everything else that I was watching here on Friday. Uh, so I watched... Um, I guess you'd call them the first two uh, dinner is served and yep. uh, the princesses one, the, the ballets. Yeah. Uh, uh, I liked both of them. I thought they were very well done. I would also say the ending for both kind of missed the mark a little bit. Like they were just a, an abrupt ending to them, but that's part of the format. It's 20 minutes, yeah. but they're not like most of the things on here that the closest they are is to the Pixar spark shorts, which were really kind of pushing some, uh, some topics, but those yeah. were much, much shorter. So they didn't have a chance to explore the subjects. And obviously these are live action rather than animated, yeah. but those were the ones that were kind of going in my head where they were tackling some pretty serious issues uh, or heavy issues at the very least um, and doing it rather well. I thought. Yeah. I mean, I think they, they are all touching on subjects that are all very um, difficult. Um, I do think it, it, you kind of it's like you instantly think like okay like uh, spark shorts, but to them they were kind of still very much like uh, you could still watch them as a, and enjoy them and without it didn't feel as maybe as forced as these these ones are very much along the lines of we have a we have a story that we're going to tell and they they need a little bit longer. Um, you actually picked I was going to say those ones. There's a, there's two that have got a little bit more fantasy element. You've got like Growing Fangs, which is which is a, um, a half vampire in a school. That one's got a bit more special effects, a bit more. You know, you could see that be turned into like a series. It was, that was like that, the, probably the most commercial one was Growing Fangs. That was if if I was to say to anyone just to watch one, that would be like start with Growing Fangs because that's probably the more fun, and you know it's kind of got all the tropes and stuff. But you know, she's a half vampire. Um, and all the bits and pieces. So that one's that one's definitely interesting. You then got um, there's uh, there's one with a creature that kind of come and she kind of treats it like a dog, and it looks a little bit like Stitch. And there's puppetry. That one's that one's a lot of fun. You know, she's got the last of the I can't think of what, what I can't pronounce the name. Um, that one's that one's pretty. A lot that was a lot of fun. Again, it's just that, but that one's quite short. I think that was only about six seven minutes. That one's probably the shortest one of it. There was another one, um, Let's Be Tigers, which is just about a a nanny who loses her mum and just the kid helps her just process it a bit. Um, you kind of, you know, something's going on right through it and you, you know, until eventually she tells that, you know, cause she gets upset. And it was just like watching going, wow, this is just it, like, this is a, a real problem, a real issue that people have got. And just very nicely done. Just you kind of sitting there going, this is just such a weird little thing. I can't help but feel like this whole project is like, it's just great experience. Just lots of practice gets new riders in, gets people to try, you know, you know, hopefully there's where they can get people in to be camera crew and the, and everyone on here can just practice making something to then move on to movies and then move on to, you know, we've seen it with short circuit. 
Um, there's a new short that one of the shorts that was done for the last short circuit. She's then doing a short for the upcoming Enchantico. You know, there's you know this kind of stepping stone, and I very much look at Launchpad as being exactly that. There's a Launchpad. It's there to get somebody new in and get moving. Um, I did feel I think this the, the dinner one. I think in some ways because of the way it was like subtitled and stuff, that was probably quite a hard one to kind of jump straight into. Um, and I did think the little prince or little princesses, I really enjoyed that one. I thought that one was extremely well done. Um, I know it was easily the most popular, like of the trailers that went up for them because they all dropped around the same time. That one definitely seemed to catch people's more attention. And I just thought that was handled very well. Uh, just like, you know, he, he's Gabriel's feminine. And the parents are just letting him whatever he enjoys, he's allowed to do. And there's, you know, there's, and it's kind of weird thinking like, you know, he's a little kid, that, you know, there's no sexuality stuff. This is just him allowed to do what he wants to do. Um, he is feminine, and the parents are just like, yeah, you can, you, you do what you want. You, if you like pink, you wear pink. That was the, and that, and I just thought that was such a well done way, made way of doing it. And the father's way of looking at it was such a, uh, so it, again it's just an old-fashioned way of looking at it going you know you can't be like that and afraid for us if i just thought that one was probably my favorite out of them i thought that one was done very well yeah i i thought the ending for that one was a little too easy like you know uh, the two fathers talk the one who who's just like yeah. whatever uh, I'm, i want my kid to be happy and the other one like no i want my kid to be a man yeah. you know uh, and they had that talk and and the 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 very masculine man guy was like just oh okay well now i'm i'm apparently entirely okay with this and and i i don't see that happening in most of these cases but but it's also restricted to the 20 minute if it had been like over the course of a movie length or a television show obviously you would have seen the attitude slowly change to eventually get there rather than this oh well you you have turned me with this impassioned yeah. speech that you had i think i think also just the fact that maybe the dad just step at step standing up for his son just kind of threw that off just like you know and again again they're in a short thing but i thought that worked very well it was definitely I, it definitely it's just great to see this kind of these stories being told on disney plus yeah and i wouldn't take my complaint about the like last three minutes yeah. of this to say because yeah. i actually i thought it was a very very good short um the other one i saw dinner is served was very good again the ending was a little bit of actually that one is a little bit weirder where it's just like i'm just gonna go up to the podium and sing now and it's like yeah i i get what you're going for but it didn't they they didn't establish that the singing was important to him early enough because like he even brushed off the the karaoke earlier and you're like but for the most part the build-up is really good and then the reveal that they're they're only going to give him this position so that they can look right, like well, they're they're woke or whatever worked yeah. really well. Yeah, I, mean, I thought that was a very good reveal, but it was yeah the ending of the singing was like he would have just been better just to like walked out or I don't know just singing it hadn't it just seemed a bit odd with that one. But I I, I think the build up to the actual reveal, you know that basically the principal just wants them there because it will sell more um, sell the school to um, foreign. Uh, sort of parents and stuff which I, again is that kind of thing I'm like I, I was like i thought that's a really smart story because it's on the lines of you know how you know diversity can also be make you know people do this for money as well you know there's money in it and i thought that was a very well made point um 
so yeah, there's just some really interesting stories with all these. There were six of them. I'm um, definitely, definitely worth checking out. Um, but take your time. Don't maybe don't binge watch them all because I think they're a bit heavy for that. They're a bit heavier than what we'd normally get. Um, so huh. I do think, yeah, they were, they were a lot more heavier than I was expecting. These would definitely fall under that heading that we were talking about earlier, where the content is slightly moving in a more mature direction. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's nothing in these that I would I'd be worried about kids watching. I mean, these aren't. It's, uh, it's maybe it's, the fangs one. I don't know. Me- no, no, because even that's not really. That's kind of like mm-hmm. zombies territory. It's it's more mental because I think kids a lot of it will go over their heads because it's it's that's, about yeah. It's it's about how they say stuff and what they do it. But a, a great little collection. We are going to have season two next year. They're currently key. If you are interested in becoming a filmmaker, the um, applications are now open. So if you head over to Launchpad's official website, you can put in your application. Um, I did get to speak with um, the people in charge of season one and season two. You'll find the video up on the YouTube channel. And in uh, about two weeks, you'll have. I've got an interview with the director and the writer of Growing Fangs as well. So you'll find that one coming up in a couple of weeks' time. Um, but yeah, so that, that one that one was pretty cool. Let's jump now into some of the other Disney Plus originals. Uh, let's talk now the finale of the Mighty Ducks Game Changers, which saw, again, let's do some story at super speed. Well, what did you think of this one? It, it was okay. I mean, yeah. it... it it wasn't terrible. I did like the idea of no, they lost the tournament, but then they still get the. It <laughs> it was better than them just winning the tournament. Um, yeah, but it then got really hokey and kooky, oh, yeah. and 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 now we know why it's called the Mighty Ducks. Uh, when the Mighty Ducks weren't actually the heroes of the show, and well, now they are. I thought it was cool they wore the old jerseys, but like this whole like well, we're going to play you for the Ducks. And if we lose, then we have to disband or something. It was hey, I, it's a bit it's, much. To be honest, the thing is as well, and this has been my argument of the whole thing of why did they, they were rushing, just rushing, rushing through it. Like the whole name thing, that could have been the whole of season two. That could have been the whole story arc of, you know, Bombay wanting the name back. And literally it's thrown away in seconds. And then it's like, okay, so they pull out and they, they lost the tournament. That should have been the end of the series. That should have been it. That should have been the end of the thing of they, the team chose the health over and leave it on the good note. You know, maybe they do something. I don't know. But then they did the whole thing with the name change. I'm like, oh, really? You're rushing. Again, it's just rushing through these storylines to try to, okay, so now they're the Money Ducks. Okay, we hadn't had any foretelling to this in the slightest. You know, no build up, no anticipation, no, no chance to even like. So their entire team is at risk with no build up at all. Um, I don't know. It, uh, that it, was my one problem with it. it. It's very predictable. It was very. It was a fine episode. I thought it wrapped up the series nicely. I kind of feel like, in all honesty, that they don't. Do they need to come back for another series? They kind of done the everything they rushed through (laughs) it does feel just like they've done it now that's what else can they do i i mean i'm sure they can find something to do if the series is popular enough they'll they'll go to worlds or something that's what they did for the sequel to the movie so um yeah the, the whole series not just this episode but this whole series felt like they didn't know the story they wanted to tell with this and they didn't know what the theme was because 
on paper, the theme is, is simple sports, especially for kids should be fun and competitiveness is not fun. So we can, we can quibble over, you know, how accurate that is as a statement, but that's like on paper, the, the motive for the series, but even at the end of it, you're like, okay, so they don't really care. They're there to have fun, but they win the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, And it's so which one are you going for? Uh, And especially since they, they were very clear at the beginning of the series, the ducks dominate. They, they are like the Kings. Uh, They destroy everything they come across. There is no chance of anyone else winning. And then at the end, like, actually that wasn't very hard. You know, we, well, this is, I mean, like if I had to put it into sports terms for me with like wrestling, it felt a little bit on the lines of, they never established the Mighty Ducks as the heel, the bad guys, and dominance. They needed to destroy. They needed to destroy the ducks. They needed to destroy the Don't Bothers to make them the underdogs to come back to beat them. And I feel like they didn't establish that enough. And also, the Don't Bothers went from not being able to skate to then being able to beat the best team for well, the that, name. Yeah, that, that's and what I'm. Why on earth would the coach give up the name? He wouldn't have the off. And I mean, I know they kind of just, he doesn't have the off, but we're going to do it anyway. But no, you wouldn't. The lawyer would be the first one in there to go, no. Well, the, the lawyer and and the woman had yeah. the bonding experience the previous. So sure, whatever. Um, but that, that is what I meant, though, where like the Ducks were supposed to be the dominating team. And then the, the fight against them really wasn't that hard. It's like, uh, I'll use a different. Um, one going into an old school RPG where like all the mini bosses are super, super hard and you have to really fight really hard. And then the, the, the main boss you hit in like two whacks and it's like, wait, hold on. What yeah. was that? I, I just destroyed you. You're supposed to be the big bad. Um, I guess most recently, like uh, breath of the wild calamity again. And apparently yeah. it's just like a joke, but well, that, uh, yeah, but it depends on You have the thing is with that one is you have to, defeat the four sub bosses if you just right. go straight well, into the main you're going to go, go straight in and face the big main boss but you'll struggle i mean speedrunners can do it but yeah you generally you power up as you're going through it and the don't bothers never powered up yeah I mean, it seemed they went they basically and then they're like we're going to do every single every, every character's single trick that they've done is now going to come into play to let them win and then they even did the v and i don't i just got to the end and went oh, well i'm glad that's over it was just really bad you know, I just, it was like it was a fine show it was but it was so average, so average. It just, just generally, it was just like oh, they could have done so much better than this. Is it just felt rushed? They speeded through it. The name change, I would have loved that to have been the. They needed a, they need a story arc to go from one to from right through a season and to carry stuff through. And I feel like they would, they, they did have one, but they just speeded through it. You know, like I said, did they know they weren't going to get a second season? Did they have to cut the episodes down? Either way, you look at it. The name thing would have should have been a whole multi-episode arc, and they rushed it through in five minutes. So I'm going to be a little bit generous here and assume that COVID had something to play with this. Um, we don't know how COVID screwed with their their schedule too much. We know it delayed it in the beginning, but we don't know how much it changed. Did it prevent them from doing reshoots? Uh, so the only thing I, I could think of was they had to change the tournament because. They couldn't have the fans there, so therefore they did it in a small arena. They had to move it to the small arena so they didn't have the fans in, you know, like they did well, with, big shot, with Big Shot. Like they've they shifted from the games because they can't have the, 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 the audience to be filmed. 
So that to get them out of beating them in the big arena where there would have been people, that might have been the only thing I can think of that they needed to do. Now, I think that actually probably was originally part of it because them winning the tournament and doing the name change wouldn't have made sense. But having this secondary challenge actually does make narrative sense to a certain extent with them doing the whole name change and whatnot. Also, uh, yes, there are visible consequences to COVID, especially on a lot of the TV shows you see right now. Like almost all the shows that are airing right now have no extras at all. They're just not there. That's the obvious stuff, but there's a lot of stuff going on behind the camera with the writers and and what's available and locations and stuff. So I, I suspect though we'll never know for sure that a lot of the plans really got hampered by COVID and they had to take stories that probably possibly would have actually expanded and, and been properly explored and condensed them into these five minute plots just because they could not shoot. Uh, the scenes they needed. I, I might be being too generous with that. Um, it's not imp- it's not impacting my rating for it. And I also very much note that even if I am willing to give them that, it doesn't make the series magically better. No, no. So. It's it, to me, it's very average. It's it started off with great gusto and then just kind of lost it. And that was out to me. For which, that one. which would also su- support the idea of of. COVID getting in the way, like yeah. they might have had more resources in the beginning, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh my goodness, we've got to scramble and put together whatever we can. We saw this with the CW shows um, yeah. last year, where they uh, they cut off like two episodes for uh, whatever shows they're running on, Supergirl and yeah. Flash and whatnot, and just crammed the ending of the season and of uh, three episodes worth into one. Well, I mean, black a blacklist even ended up doing an animated fi- finale because oh, did they, it really? Yeah, apparently they they couldn't film it. So they rather than like leave the whole of the season just dying, stopping on just because of one end, like the last couple of minutes weren't filmed. They just did an animated ending. <laughs> that's um, one way of doing it. Which is a bit like um, what was it Godmothered? You know? <laughs> like, oh, this, yeah, that's I forgot about that one. I wish yeah, I'd so, stayed forgotten about that one. Yeah, so that one there, um, big shot. Um, a very different episode this week, and much more grounded, much more about family, much more about the. Again, I, I re- enjoyed the fact that this one, this was the episode of, Corn wants to get out. Corn's had enough of this. He's ready to move on. He doesn't. He, do- he doesn't like being attached. He's getting too attached to everybody. Everyone's becoming friendly with him, and he he's scared. He's basically scared of like. And by the signs of it, he was like a military brat. So therefore never really connected with anyone and never made home. So that kind of carried on and his daughter wants to stay. And I, I, I would have liked them to maybe spread this one out a little bit longer and hinted at this a little bit in another episode. Because um, it kind of was done and resolved in one episode. But again, that extra 10, 15 minutes stretches that out. And they explain it ABC. There was a cause effect, you know, and and after things. It would have been nice to maybe spread that out a little bit longer. But um, see, I did, yeah. See, that would have been my, well, is my complaint with that episode as well, is that, yeah, it had the extra space and they do take the care to, to explain it and give the whole episode to thinking about it. But it was like this sudden, like, anxiety that Corn is having that, um, like he's becoming too attached and all the, this, this sudden desire to like, no, we've got to accelerate me moving out of the school and, yeah. and away from all these people came out of nowhere. It's just like, 
you could have dropped some hints that he had this yeah. in previous episodes. You could have built up to this. It really did feel very abrupt. Now there are maybe other that was story- the whole thing. I was going to say that was the only thing of him trying to get into Division Two was just kind of um, that might have been the push, but they didn't really they didn't really sell that story side of things. Yeah, it it I can see an argument for that, um, but they didn't follow up on it. You know, because that happened in what episode two or three or something like that, maybe a little yeah. later. But it hasn't been brought up since. They've mentioned it a couple times. Oh, yeah. you wanted to get us to Division Two, or this is going to be your big thing. But there was never any indication that it was a. I, I need this so that I can move back to college. This is, you know, it was. It was like no, this is the objective. To me, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I'm sure you want to get into the NBA. You don't want to go to college, do you know? Like it's like. But obviously, I know college is, is still a big thing, and we've talked about that in the past. But for internationally, we it kind of doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, I'll, like, I'll give you that one. It's like, well, you just want to go from a high school to a college, just like no difference to us. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it's entirely possible that his objective would then be to win a couple of championships yeah. in the NCAA and move on to being a professional yeah. Uh, yeah. in the NBA. We don't know, but. Uh, that aside, I mean that's that's the big complaint of the episode. The rest of the episode is pretty pretty solid. You know, you've got the the house party going on. You've still got some other teacher stuff going on. I still don't really buy into Corn's romance with the the drama teacher, but I, I the thing is with this one is I do like they kind of have pulled back a little bit on like Holly and Corn's relationship. They've pulled back on the like. The romantic side of things with that one and just kind of and i kind of think that's that's not a bad idea if they want the show to have legs you don't want to um do the ross and rachel thing obviously that being big you don't want to jump too quickly because that was i think because again they did that with the mighty ducks they kind of teased it and then like completely just abandoned it and well, they got to hug at the end i mean yeah that was, right that was the big payoff yeah, um, you know, if you're going to do that story, you need to kind of give it time. And I'm actually glad that they haven't gotten that one there. And kind of, he needs essentially somebody to kind of, you know, not necessarily a rebound, but he needs somebody to kind of bring that out of him. And maybe the, the, the teacher is. And they also like the fact that they introduced um, Destiny's family as well. You know, where's that going? You know, what's that, ho- you know, with um, Louise going to the family? And like finding, you know, it's like that was a nice scene, but again, it was like, well, where's that going? I mean, getting in, I can't think of her name from The Greatest Showman, you know, that was a, you know, she's, you know, well known actress. Hopefully she's in more than, I mean, now we've only got like, what, three episodes left. You know, hopefully we get more of this. Um, hopefully we, something gets picked up for a second season. <laughs> so um, I, I do feel like this is, it's such an underrated TV series. I really do feel like that with this um, big shot is, it kind of got lost in a shuffle and yeah, I, I really, en- I really enjoyed this week's episode. It was actually the first, um, that was the thing I, f- I find this up before bad batch. That was the funny thing for me. I was like, actually, no, I'm, I'll, I'll watch that one first, which I would never thought I would have ever said. I'd never, you said that to me. And I was like, no, I actually want to know what happened. Whereas big bad batch is like, you know, we might as well get onto that one now, but you know, well, yeah, we'll come to that in a second. Yeah. yeah it's, it just kind of, you know, for me, it's it's just been a really fun episode. A really fun episode. Uh, Big Shot. Yeah, uh, in this case, yes. Yeah. Um, but I also watched Big Shot before Bad Batch. Bad Batch, which actually the last thing that I watched um, yeah. out of all the Disney shows, including the launch pads uh, that I 
that I got to watch anyway. Um, I did enjoy the episode. Obviously, I spent most of this talking about that that one annoyance, but I did like the episode. And I, yeah, this is right now the show that I'm most interested each week. Want to see where it's going. And with Mighty Ducks rounding up this past week, um, I'm hoping that some of the people who who maybe were ignoring Big Shot because it wasn't uh, a known property before this, we'll give it a shot. Uh, yeah, no, no I mean, ne- next week's it's big, but you know, next week it's kind of got its own. Well, also now, just in general, with Loki moving away, might just give that a little bit more of a chance to move on. But yeah, definitely check out Big Shot. It's a bad batch, a solid episode. I mean, you had a rancor in it, so um, yeah, um, I didn't recognize it at first because it it wasn't until they said it was a rancor. It didn't look like a rancor. Um, it was kind of a bit of funny thing with that, you know, with them kind of in getting a bit basically turning into a pet but i mean you when you think that this is this is the rancor which is essentially going to be killed by luke skywalker you know it's like oh this cute little rancor that is gonna just be you know it's like from one of my favorite scenes as um from return of the and it is funny i haven't got it here but i have actually got the rancor figure from the 80s still from when i was a kid and it's i'm in a cupboard and i wanted to bring i wanted to clean it up and bring it in and it's just like that that creature is so iconic to me because of this, the toys that I had. And it was just like, oh, I, I like this, you know, little nods, to, you know, we um, bid Fortuna or Fortuna in there. You know, we had a little bit of mentions of Jabba and like connecting at the dots again. I was just like, oh, this is cool. I like, it was actually, I think one of my favorite of the three episodes I thought the Friday episodes rather than the, 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 the first one. I think it was, it was the strongest one we've had so far, I think. It was the strongest one, but it was mostly on the strength of that plot rather than yeah. on the Bad Batch themselves. And that's been the problem with the series mm-hmm. so far. Like last week, Fennec was the star mm-hmm. of the show. This week, the Rancor was the star of the show. And it really does feel like while we're having some fun hopping around and filling in some gaps and mm-hmm. uh, fleshing out this... Other characters. Uh, these other characters, yeah. The, the Bad Batch themselves are just kind of trundling along. Like did did we learn anything about any of these characters that we didn't know in the previous episode? I mean, mm-hmm. Tech was still smarmy and Echo was still not Echo. And okay, so Wrecker punching it out with the Rancor was kind of cute, but we didn't really learn anything about him. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, this is the Bad Batch, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> I I mean, I think it's definitely more about Omega rescuing them was kind of the yes. key key aspect here. Um, I, don't, I, I, I thought this was a solid episode. It was definitely, I like the fact that they established something within the larger Star Wars universe. The characters extend, it was nice just not to see um, Tech and Omega, I'm sorry, Tech and um, Echo. Echo just hiding behind and fixing something in the corner. They actually were shooting and getting involved a little bit. Um, they weren't quite doing the normal, what we've seen them do so far. So there was, Nice to see them expanding that. And again, recognizing some opportunities to stand out rather than just look a fool. Um, and again, Hunter becoming the, he is the, the pack leader. You know, you know, even everyone just instantly sees him as the leader. Yeah, but again, we already knew that. that yeah. There wasn't, there wasn't no. much growth there. Like you said, though, Omega was the one who rescued them and we got to see Omega, you know, uh, doing her own hunting which was good that is important we especially since she is the new character and she's apparently like the baby yoda of this series we need to know a bit about what she's doing um 
that said, just like if you wanted to do like a history of the Star Wars universe, you could have just done an anthology series. Uh, I'm we need a crosshair episode is actually what what we need to do uh, to see what's going on on that side. And I think that will be the catalyst that gets us going into the proper plot. Yeah. I'm actually enjoying the fact of them like leaving that part of it alone for a little bit and just letting them, because essentially they need to establish that they're mercenaries. They need to make some money. They need to do, because ultimately they're on the run, but they're also, they're on the run, but they're not really on the run because they haven't done anything to the empire. They're just a, a potential threat. They're not actually, they're not on, I know they were set up crosshair, they go track them down, but they've not done anything. They've not actually gone up against the empire at all about anything. It's not like they're, they, you know, they're not a rebel. They're not doing, they are literally just trying to get enough money to eat at the minute. It doesn't seem like it's actually the empire that's hunting them at the moment. It does seem like it's the, uh, the cloners, you know, the, the yeah. people trying to get Omega back. Yeah. Yeah. Although the empire does have a grudge in that, they got away and of course yeah. even at this stage the empire is not going to be happy with somebody defying them i mean they, they're already can. they're already all in on like let's go kill saw guerrero and it's like saw hasn't even you guys are like two months old and yeah <laughs> how do you already have like insurgents trying to kill you yeah so now again i get solid episode i mean we gotta think we still got what another 10 weeks of bad batch so we got we got plenty of time to kind of i think extend that one we also have a new episode of high school musical the musical the series um i'm gonna be honest i watched this one a few weeks ago so my um, memory's a little bit fuzzy of or yeah just more more great performances lots more beauty in the beast there's a lot more beauty in the beast in this episode um just and again more i think it was more college stuff going on with you know like nikki uh, and was it Nick? Nick? I can't think of her name. Um, Olivia and also Ricky kind of getting together. I know a little bit of hint as well with um, and some of the other characters and stuff. And just as a whole, just just more fun. It's just a very fun little series. So I'm going to be looking forward to next week, kind of jumping into some new episodes. Um, yeah, because there's because what they did was they they sent out um, for the initial like kickoff we all got to see the first three episodes and then it, it, they did the same with all of the, with mighty ducks they did the same with that it's kind of the way of getting us and in, getting into the series but yeah i'm really looking forward to jumping into it but as i said i watched i know you didn't get to watch it this week i did not um and it wasn't intentional it was just there was so much to watch this week with launchpad launching um i will check out this particular episode however it is the third episode rule for me where if this one does not grab me and convince me that i need to keep going uh it will be the last one so that will be my review next week whether or not i watch episode four yes um also in the uk we got rebel which is a new tv series which launched um star um in australia as well um a solid little show it's kind of she's trying to it's a like Aaron Brockovich thing unfortunately the series has been cancelled so I've seen the first episode and now the problem is for me is now I'm in that same problem I've got with next Hellstrom and Filthy Rich where it was like they've been cancelled uh, well, that's alright but I it just it instantly just loses down on that on the when I want to watch it because I mean I haven't finished those other four seasons Hellstrom I haven't watched for weeks because it feels to me like the second I know it's not going anywhere, it just loses its puff and just like, I just not, 
I don't know. It's it's hard to get. It's like, well, it's. If, I mean, they should have given Rebel a little bit longer than five episodes to kind of um, establish itself. I mean, it's a fun little character. She's a bit over the top in terms of how she does stuff. We also got a new episode of Modok. It's not as good as the last episode. Um, he's kind of doing the time loop thing and traveling back in time and trying to stop trying to stop himself from making mistakes with his wife so they don't split up. And also at the same time, then realizing he can do, he could kill his arch enemy as a baby. And it ends up setting off a time, it's all very, you know, every, t- every time loop, like cliche in the book kind of was done in this one. Again, it's just stupid, it's bonkers. We also had the finale of Solar Opposite season two. Um, another absolutely bonkers episode where they all have to try and uh, essentially, they the pupa's gonna kill them at midnight so they were trying to live a fulfilled life within 12 12 hours and do absolutely bonkers things to try and get there and yeah that again that one's finished now so that one's kind of left the white door wide open for modok but solar opposites totally bonkers and just a fantastic show um new episode of Gronish here in the uk which i know we're a little bit behind us canada and australia um kind of dealing with teenage not really teenage pregnancy but kind of being pregnant at, at university and the issues that that brings in so so again some pretty strong stuff and like you know dealing with you know who the parents should they put up for adoption and stuff so some strong themes very different than you know again this is the advantage of of star for us of having multiple shows all dropping that are all very different all got for um different themes and just more more variety um on monday there will be a review up of a because we'll be getting a reefer two episodes a week for next week as well so something else for us to watch out. so yeah just 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 packed full of um star goodness as well and this is a shame as i said but things like filthy rich and rebel um it's like once it's cancelled it just kind of loses the impact there's lots of other um additions as well this week but with all the with all the originals um that's definitely keeping us busy and as we move forward and, and more content is made for yeah. streaming rather than for television, uh, this whole idea of shows getting canceled midway will probably kind of drop off. Mm. And I also feel like some of them as well were a bit like, because of the current situation, shows have been, they weren't really given an opportunity to go. And apparently there's going to be a big change in how they're doing pilots and new episodes and short, and there's quite a cool conversation going on on our Facebook group this week of like, going, someone kind of go well why is everything getting shorter seasons why are we why, what happened to 22 episodes every for every show and it's like and everyone popping in after going because this is better because shorter seasons are better than these constant monster of the week 20 and it's funny how you know american tv shows are so focused on you know filling the network time and streaming shows are much more they're all much shorter seasons you know here in the uk that's always been a thing we've always generally had short seasons of three to six episodes is kind of standard you know maybe seven or eight something like that um but it depending on the story whereas especially like with the bbc they they weren't worried about filling out six episodes was kind of like the standard so for me i'm used to this kind of thing but i i'm thinking there's a lot of, and it's not just disney but i mean you look at all the shows we're looking around about 10 episodes seems to be the standard um order at the minute for disney plus originals yep and i know netflix for a while had like the 13 episode standard most of the marvel series were 13 episodes yeah. i think you, many of the many of their early efforts like um like what was it uh, uh the oa uh, yeah i mean like, like all the, all, yeah all the marvel ones were except for defenders 
And I mean, I think, you know, I, I think six for Marvel, you know, eight, you know, they've all got the different ideas. But it is, I do think it helps having short, because Mighty Ducks might have been an advantage of a 22 one, but then it stretches that story and then you get lost in it. Um, and I can't help but think of how many shows that got, you know, we got to that mid-season point where you would just drop because you're like, oh, I'm fed up with this. Yeah. I, what, I am yeah. I'm very hard-pressed to, to think of a series where I'm like, I am really glad that that had a 22-episode mm. season. I think, like, the closest I would get to would be like the first or second season of 24 and yeah. e- and that's simply because that is the idea of the series every and even they got sh- and even and even they got shorter in the, in the later seasons well the, yeah i think the final season was only 12 episodes and yeah. and also even in that first season as fun as it was especially when you didn't know what was going to happen there were definitely episodes where like you are you're literally just filling time right now and he never but he soon never went to the toilet all right <laughs> or slept or any of those things or never yeah. got stuck in traffic in the middle of los angeles yeah. anybody who has ever driven in los angeles knows how completely improbable that is i don't remember like you like you look i remember because i know when i went to la I was like all right, okay well i want to go from i think it was like i wanted to go down to disneyland i'm like, thinking oh we're gonna be on a bus well it's gonna be like well you know look at the map and go well yeah it's about 20 minutes away <laughs> then, like, two hours later go, why are we what are we doing <laughs> It would have been faster if you'd walked. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is it is funny. But yeah, so that was um all of this week's Disney Plus originals. Let us know what you enjoyed in the comments below. Um yeah, just again, it's it's just fun having all this stuff to talk about of um like different shows, different movies, and a lot of different choice. Um yeah, a lot of things this week. But let us know what you've been enjoying. And again, big thank you to all of our Patreon supporters and YouTube channel members. And also you can find us on all the different um, audio platforms. And as I said before, if you are an audio listener, make sure you do check out for the What's on Disney Plus Club Review, um, which is our review, our retro reviews. Because um, we'll be doing, we've got a few more coming up in the coming weeks ahead. And then kind of in July, we'll kind of be back with some some fresh, a slightly different take on how we're doing it. But generally, um, yeah, we'll be have different movie reviews and stuff on there. Um, And on that note, guys, thank you very much. And we shall see you guys soon. Laters. Laters.